Welcome to Radiant New Life Ministries podcast. This podcast was created to help equip the body of Christ to walk in victory. We hope you like this episode and encourage you to subscribe today. For more information about Radiant New Life Ministries, please visit us at www.radiantnewlife.com or email us directly at info at radiantnewlife.com. We thank you for joining this week's podcast with Radiant New Life Ministries. Minister Eric Schroeder is speaking. He has a timely word for us today, so let's join in with him now. Here's Eric. This week, you know, the Lord has been really instilling in my heart. And, and this week, I just wanted to share with you uh, some of what the Lord is putting across, because I think it's a timely message for where we are now as a church and where we need to go as a church. Uh, Sunday, we were in service and the Lord really instilled on my heart and said to me, when are my people going to surrender themselves to me once again? And that kind of took me back a little bit. I'm just sitting there going, Lord, what are you talking about? You know, Lord, what are you, what are you meaning by that? And then all of a sudden I realized that a lot of the church today is doing things its own way. You know, we see in the in Revelations where Jesus says to the church, you've lost your first love. We see that over and over again, where, you know, you've lost your first love. It's time to return to your first love. And I began, the more I've been thinking about it, the more the Lord has just really been opening things up. And, and the Lord has a move. There's a revival coming. We've heard about it. We've been praying for it. We expect it to happen. You know, especially with today and the way that the world is outside, you know, it's dark and gloom and doom and just, you know, uh, everything seems to be anti-Christ instead of for Christ. So it's that time again, the Lord was saying, it is time for my church to surrender to me once again. And, you know, and all of a sudden he shows me that we've been hearing the scriptures over and over. People have been using the scripture over and over and over, and it's found in Second Chronicles 7, 14. And it says, And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. A lot of times we've been hearing that. We've been like, Lord, forgive us, you know, of our sin. Da, 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 da. Forgive us this, forgive us that. But the problem happens is, is that, you know, one thing we can do is ask for forgiveness. The Lord says in 1 John 1, 9, that the Lord is just, if we confess our sins, he's just to forgive us of our sins. But then there's a two part to that whole ordeal. If we ask for forgiveness, God is going to give us the forgiveness, but yet will he heal the land? just because we ask and repent. Hmm, it's two part. If we look at that scripture, <clears throat> the first part says, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Well, that seems like repentance. When you turn from your wicked ways, which means you turn around and go the opposite direction of the things that you've been doing. So that sounds to me like repentance. But there's another part. The first part, it says, who are called by my name, humble themselves. I did a message a few weeks ago on humility, but the Lord has really been stilling that back into me again. 
is that a lot of times now we can ask for repentance. We can say, Lord, please repent me, you know, forgive me, forgive me. But if we don't change from our wicked ways, then what good is it? Or if we are in ministry and we're too prideful to allow another ministry to advance, what good are we? We're not. And do we expect to see the Lord heal our land? No. There's a problem going on in the church today, and a lot of it has to deal with the spirit of division. But because of the spirit of division, the spirit is also using the spirit of Leviathan, which is a big principality, to bring forth pride into our leaders, pride into our church members, pride into everything we do, because we want everything. We want it all. What do I mean by that? Well, there could be a small ministry that is seeing a move of God. We see this again with the Azusa Street Revival. William Seymour, was he was a black man with one eye. Back in that time, he would have been looked down upon on everybody. But yet, he humbled himself. He went before and sought the face of God. And they saw him and the people that were in the house that he was in saw the Holy Spirit fall into the place. And they began, and what started in this house began the Azusa Street Revival. Not saying William Seymour began the Azusa Street Revival, but his humble heart and the humble heart of the people that were in the room with him gave room for the Holy Spirit, you could say, to operate. And then it moved to there and went into, you know, the old grain bin, food bin, free, the granary. And for years, people were coming to know Jesus Christ. People were coming, set, being set free, healed of things. But another minister walked up, and a couple actually, not just one, but another minister walks up and says, come to us. We can do things better. Pride. They weren't going to give this man who at the time you know, should not have been worthy enough for this type of ministry. He wasn't allowed in normal churches to learn. He had to sit outside and listen to the gospel. They wouldn't allow him to come in any place, you know, because so, there was diversity. There was separation. You know, he wasn't allowed to join where the, the white population was in schools and stuff like that. He had to sit outside and, and soak in the word of God that way. But even the same person that allowed him to sit outside his church in Texas was the one that showed up and said, come to me. I can do things much better. Pride. Instead of allowing William Seymour and saying, wow, the God is really moving through him, or God really has a calling upon his life, he said, come to us. We can do things better. We know how to do it right. Shameful. It is. It's really shameful. But we see that today, folks. This is not something that just ended in 1900, the early 1900s. This is something that has really reared its head up again in the church today. And it's gotten worse. You know, the pride in pastors and the pride in leadership has to stop. The Lord says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Humility is opposite of pride. 
Humility says, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. I need you. Humility allows other ministries to be praised for miracles, things that are happening, or even other open doors of ministry. Humility is a key to fight the spirit of Leviathan. You know, I see things and, you know, nobody I know closely, but there I know leaders out there that do not want to open the door for the Holy Spirit, which is really just amazing to me because even the word of God says, do not, uh, do not quench the spirit. But even it says basically in roundabout terms, don't cause the Holy Spirit to cry. I think as in Ephesians somewhere, I'll, I'll have to do a message on that. But the main thing is, is when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to move in our church, the Holy Spirit's sad. He's upset because he wants to move. He wants to bring the glory of God. He wants to bring signs, wonders, and miracles and, and other gifts of the Spirit into operation. But when we don't open the doors for the Holy Spirit, basically what we're doing is allowing our own pride to rise up because it's well, I don't want the Holy Spirit in my church because if things were to break out, I don't know how I could control it. <laughs> Isn't that the point? Humility is not controlling what the Lord wants to do. Humility is going with what the Lord wants to do. Humility is giving the Holy Spirit the platform to operate. Hmm. And I've even seen it too where people in the church aren't growing or really don't know what the presence of God is like. Because everything the leadership does ends up being a production for their own good you know, music production or, or this has got to be this way and we got to do this and da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da. Well, guess what? You're leaving no time for the Holy Spirit. I call, we've gotten our mindset in the church these days into what we call a drive-through theology. Is basically we only go to church for an hour. We spend three songs, maybe four, in worship. We got to take up our offering because that's important. And then, oh, I might have 25 minutes to give a sermon. Hmm. And then it's like, close, shut the door, everybody get out, because now we have to do it all again in an hour and a half, or an hour, less than an hour. Instead of rearranging the times to allow a move of God to take place, and allowing worship to flow in a way that is going to bring the presence of God. Because I'm telling you today, there are many believers who really do not know what the true presence of God is because the church they're going to is not allowing it to take place. Because of pride. The spirit of Leviathan and the spirit of control is destroying or trying to destroy what God is trying to do. If we want revival in our land, then we have to humble ourselves, allow the Holy Spirit to work, to move, to operate freely in our churches, and to follow what the Holy Spirit wants to do rather than what 
we want to do. Pride will keep a move of God out of your church. I'll say that again. Pride will keep a move of God out of your church. It'll keep it out of your ministry. It'll keep it out of anything that you have because the Lord is very clear when he says that pride leads to destruction and a haughty heart. You know, pride and a haughty heart leads to destruction. When you think of yourself more important or your values more important or what you want to do is more important than what God is trying to do, Lord forbid, we... Lord forbid, we just don't decide to follow what God really wants to do these days, folks. We, lot, we need it. Trust me, we need a move in our land. It's going to take humility. It's going to take putting our own pride aside and allowing God to move. Everything... You know, we found a church here in town where we're at that the pastor is far from pride. She's probably one of the most humble person that I know. And it, you know, it, it means a lot because she's after revival. She's going for everything. She has basically what my heart is for this land is revival, seeing a mighty move of God move upon our land, upon our churches. You know, God has raised up and has a remnant, which is a very small number. Remnant is not big. Remnant is small. And the other day I got the chance to minister with uh, somebody in, in Pakistan and and the Lord really put the words in my mouth that I am calling my remnant out of the cave. It is time for the remnant to move because if we expect revival, we're going to start to see revival. It's going to take the remnant that's, that is so on fire for God, that is so ablazing, saying, Lord, I cannot do anything without you. Lord, I need you in my life. Lord, I want you in my ministry. Lord, I, I have to have it more of you. The remnant is not looking at mainstream. Matter of fact, mainstream churches to the remnant makes them sick because they see what is going on. They see the pride. They see everything else that is going on. And don't get me wrong. I am not by any means talking about every single church in America. That is not my, my, my voice. That is not my, my stay because I know I've got good friends in Minnesota that are going after the glory. And they are seeing things take place. Why? Because they open the floor to the Holy Spirit. And it's awesome. And I love hearing what is going on in a small, well, little mid-sized town in Minnesota, St. Cloud, Minnesota. And, and, and it excites me about how the Lord is moving in their church, about how the Lord is in operation in their church, because it is time. And I'm saying it is time, Remnant, to wake up. It's time to come out of the cave because the Lord is ready. The Lord is moving. The Lord wants his remnant to begin to, to, to develop even further. And, and trust me, we're going to see revivals starting 
in small little mainstream churches or house churches or whatever you want to call it, churches where the population or the, the congregation side isn't very big because of these places don't have time to deal or allow, I should say, do not have time to allow a spirit of religion to operate. The mainstream little churches are against the spirit of religion. They're against uh, things like that that are going to try because their hearts are for the glory. And, and, and I fully believe that these are the little pockets. We're going to start to see a revival. You know, we can go back and look at the Welsh revival. We can look at the Azusa Street revival. We can look at all the little pockets of revival all over the world in, in times past. Well, you know what? The, this time, even the Lord, it, we know that the, the next revival is not going to be like the things in the past because the Lord says, you know, things are going to change. They're not, you can look at the past and, and see what they did and how they followed. Guess what? William Seymour was a prayer. He was a worshiper. He wanted more. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna quit until he had more. Even the Welsh revival was adopted in prayer and in worship. Hmm. I wonder what that means. Prayer and worship. We can praise in our churches all day long. We can praise, 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 praise. We can we can do all the praise stuff, but we also have to worship. There is a switch between praise and worship. That's why it's two different words. I mean, there's two different meanings. Praise is rejoicing and giving God the glory for all that he's done in our lives and saying, Lord, you are so awesome. Lord, you are great. You are wonderful. But then we got to get into worship because we can get to the throne room door, but then we have to enter in. And that is when we, when we get to that point of entering in, into an intimacy, intimacy with the Father, is when we're going to start to see things shift, where people are really going to start to feel the kabod and the Shekinah glory of God. They're going to feel the fire and the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow. But it's that point of worship where our heart cries out. Our heart is like, Lord, you are amazing. Lord, you are glorious. I exalt you. I sing with the angels, holy, holy, holy are you Lord God Almighty. Intimacy with the Father, along with prayer, fervent prayer, will bring revival. But in the time of praise and in worship and in prayer, we really need to sit there and also pray, Lord, Break me of any pride that I have. Cleanse me from any pride that I have. If there is any spots upon my robe, get rid of it. Wash it. Make it white again. That should be our prayer. And even like Isaiah, because the Lord was even saying to Isaiah, who shall I send? I see nobody. Not one, but who shall I send? And Isaiah looked at the Lord and said, Here I am. Lord, send me. Send me. That should be our heart cry. 
but I can't speak. I don't know what to say. Isaiah didn't either. But what did he say? Lord, touch my lips. And Lord took the burning coal and touched the lips of Isaiah. And it cleared his speech. We need to sit there today. Too many times today, believers are backbiting, cursing other ministries because of what God is doing in them. How's that uplifting? We're cursing people in the streets, whether, especially today, whether they want to wear a mask or not. We're cursing people. You know, we need to ask the Lord, and I've done this more lately than anything else. Lord, take your coal from heaven and touch my lips. Let me be the voice of you, Lord. Let my hands be your hands. Let my voice be your voice. Lord, here I am. Send me. Send me. Now is the time, folks, that we begin a shift in our own church, that we begin a shift in our own ministries. We are called to do much more than put on a production every Sunday or Wednesday or Saturday or Friday, whenever you have your, your meetings. We are called to deliver the gospel. We are called to bring those that are lost into salvation. We're not called to keep our little nest about our people. We're called to go out and to do and to bring those into salvation. When a church or revival begins, signs, wonders, and miracles will draw people. When people hear about God in operation with signs, wonders, and miracles, it's going to bring everybody. It's going to bring people in your community. It's going to bring those that are sick, needing to be delivered, and the lost that are needing to be found. We need to prepare now to be able to handle the influx. Because even believers themselves, when they hear about signs, wonders, and miracles, will flock from the church they're in if those things are not in operation to a church where they are in operation because the supernatural movement of God draws people. Supernatural things, period, draw people. That's why the occult grows as much as it does because even though they are in operation with the devil and the demonic, they have supernatural things that take place. People go to see a psychic because of what? Words of wisdom, knowledge, but not in a good way. So don't take this as a good thing or not because it's not a good thing. But it's the supernatural that is in operation. This is what draws people, it's the gospel and supernatural. We can even look at what Jesus did. I mean, well, I can do this for hours if we need to, but we can look at the word of God and see what Jesus did. Jesus went into the towns, did signs, wonders, and miracles. Then he preached in a lot of, in a lot of towns. When you follow his ministry, he walks in and people were, they knew him. 
they were like, oh, here he comes. Here comes the man. That, because they knew his, his, his ministry. They understood about signs, wonders, and miracles. They understood that people were getting healed just by touching him. They understood that this man had a power, but what they didn't understand was that he was the Messiah. And a lot of the Jewish faith today believe that the Messiah is still coming. And that's where they missed it because the, the Messiah was walking amongst them. But we need to do things a lot different these days. We're doing them, and even here. We're taking different things. We're taking a different approaches. We uh, heard a message on by John Kilpatrick when he was talking about the angels are coming. And he was talking about the warfare, the angels fight, and it's proclamation will get an angel to move. It's like orders telling an angel what to do. And once again, we need to pick up the word of God and start proclaiming things, start making decrees once again. That's why it even says, I, I don't remember off the, I think it's um, Hezekiah, where he was talking about, write down the decrees. And keep them. We need to start writing decrees. If you have a need over your house, find the word of God. Take the scriptures out of the word. That's what this thing is for. This is our, our list of, I guess you'd call it, it's the holy living word, but it's also a playbook. How to fight the demonic. How to go after what God is, has in store for you. How to, we can take the scriptures in this word and sit there and go, all right, Lord, I have a financial crisis, so I'm going to start proclaiming over my situation. I'm going to start writing decrees over my situation. There's a lot of them in here. We see it in Malachi because we bring tithes into the storehouse that, that he will rebuke the devourer upon our behalf. We see in here also in Philippians 4.19 where God says, um, or Paul says, all your needs shall be supplied basically. You know, he's telling the Philippian church because they, they gave into his ministry that uh, all their needs are going to be supplied because of, because of God. If you need healing, there's scriptures in here for healing, starting to make decrees about it. Start confessing them over your life and watch things shift. If you need healing, I mean, there, there's things in there, you know, by his stripes, I am healed. Well, you know what that really, you can look at it and say, by his stripes, I was, I am, and I will be healed. You make it into your thing right now is that, that Jesus died so you could be healed. Jesus died so you could be forgiven. Doesn't mean you go out and live a life like you want to live full of sin and shame. No, Jesus died so you could have eternal life and that he died also so that we would know and have the authority to live our lives. Jesus was the example of how you, me, and every one of us as believers should live. He was the example. He didn't allow a religious mindset to control him because he was here to share the kingdom. He was here to give us a, a, a playbook, I guess you could say. Of like, look, folks, because he even said, these miracles that I do, you will do greater because I have to go to the Father. John 14, 12. More, greater, which, you know, his, <laughs> if they were to go back and take all Jesus's miracles and put them in a book, it would be a whole nother book instead of just what we have right here in the Bible. But when Jesus said, 
greater. He means more. We are called to do more than he did on this earth. We are called to so much more. And he's given us all the power to do it. We just have to break our pride, start walking in humility, and truly, truly repent from our wicked ways, church. And just as his word says, then we will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sins and he will heal our land. It is time. It is time we stop the bickering. It is time we stop the pride and using pride to control other people and control situations and to, you know, try to steal other people's glory and ministry instead praise them for what God is doing in their life. It is time that humility we clothe ourselves with humility once again. It is time we allow ourselves to be righteous and holy before the eyes of the Lord once again. It is time we start to bring messages of identity, repentance, and the glory and the gospel to our pulpits once again. It is time we as leaders stop worrying about what others will think and start worrying about what God is thinking. Because I will say we have lost our first love and the Lord, even as he spoke to the churches, seven churches in Revelation, it is time we find that love again. It is time we completely, wholeheartedly, Surrender everything we have to God once again. It is time for a shift. It is time for a change. It is time for us to refocus what is going on once again. It is time to allow the Holy Spirit to have the floor. It's time to allow him to do what he wants to do and allow him to break out with wonders, signs, wonders, and miracles. There's things that I'm hoping for. I want to see things take place. I mean, there's a, a business here in, in Panama City. Just the other day, I saw this video, and my spirit leaped with joy. It was taken from a, a surf shop here in Panama City Beach, and there was a woman in a wheelchair but the owner is so on fire for the Lord that they prayed for this woman in the surf shop, prayed for her. And she walked out of her wheelchair. After being in her wheelchair, I think it was since 2012, something like that. It, 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 was, it was crazy. But she got up and got out. These are the things that I want to see on a daily basis. Not just in Sunday, not just in my our Wednesday night services, not just on a, you know, a Saturday service or whatever. I want to see this Monday through Sunday. Seven days a week is what I want to see. That is my goal. 
That is what I want God to do. But it takes humility. For when the Lord says, go talk to that person. Pride says, oh, no, they're not my type of people. No, mm. it's COVID. Ugh. Humility says, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me, send me. I hope this week, you know, I hope you got something out of it this week. We are an important time. We're living in an important time. But we cannot no longer take a back seat. Shut the door on the Holy Spirit. We need to be forerunners. We need to be out there doing. We need to be out there going after the glory. We need to be out there going after intimacy. But we need to be out there laying hands on the sick and spreading the gospel of Christ. Folks, when this revival hits, I believe it's not going to last very long. It's going to be a short-lived, one big, huge go at it, you know, and, and the harvest, go after the harvest like never before. But then we know that our Lord will come back. We know that a time of dissension will set in the hearts of man. And if they don't get to know Christ, they won't. And they'll have to go through the tribulation. And the part that's upsetting is when you read the word of God, no man, it's not the heart, it's not the Father's heart that any man should perish. It's the Father's heart that all men, it says in his word that all men should come unto repentance. We should have a mindset where we don't want to see anybody die and go to hell. Where they'll spend all eternity. I mean, think about that. You know, sometimes we can't even keep our mouth shut for a minute. And we think, wow, that was a long time. But folks, all eternity is what the words say. All eternity. With pain, with suffering, with wailing and gnashing of teeth. Because, and it's not due to the fire and brimstone, it's because the lack of the light. It's the lack of the glory of God. It's the lack of his presence that people will realize for all eternity that they missed it and they will suffer. And I don't know how we as a body of Christ can sit back and be okay with that. I don't know how we can sit back and watch it happen and say, well, I've got my free ticket to heaven. Pride will keep you from spreading the gospel. 
pride will prevent you from really benefiting more from the kingdom of God. Yeah. Hum humility, folks. It's time we surrender. And it's time once again we allow humility to operate in our lives. As I said, I I pray and I hope this message gets people. I hope somebody takes something away from this and it changes lives. You know, if you need to reach us, and we would love to come and speak. You know, whatever the Lord has, whatever the Lord wants to do, whatever the Lord's open doors are, I mean, we're all about the Lord. We are all about going after His, His heart and whatever He wants to do. I bless each and every one of you, and I thank you for tuning in to this message. I, I thank you for your support. I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your love for those that, that know us and, and uh, deal with us on a, timely, on a weekly basis. We love every single one. But we need to get out there as a body and start to work and start to do what we're called to do. We can't leave it up to the five-fold ministers because we're all called to spread the gospel. We're all called to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. We're all called to cast out devils. We're all called to do the work that Jesus did because he was our example. I love each and every one of you again. By all means, if you need us for anything, you know, if you want us to come and speak, if you want to talk, if you need prayer for anything, please reach us at info at radiant, that's R-A-D-I-A-N-T, newlife.com. Again, that is info at radiantnewlife.com. We thank you again. Or you can even visit our website at radiantnewlife.com. We have a contact page there also that you can fill out and um, it'll send it to us. But also we, that's a place also that you can also go and watch some of our past broadcasts. Um, we also have a YouTube channel. You'd have to search for uh, Radiant New Life and uh, you'll see the logo as a lion um, on it here. You'll see it in the background. But uh, we would love to hear from you guys. And again, if you uh, want to support or uh, have us come and speak, um, please give us a call. We'd love to talk to you further. Again, God bless. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and a, and a blessed week. We know that, that God is moving. And I just pray over each and every one of you that you will have open doors of ministry, that you will have divine encounters with people to spread the gospel lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. But I pray for a new boldness to rise up in every single one that is watching this program. I pray for a new boldness, a new zeal to rise up. I pray for the fire of God to come upon you, that lives will be changed. Mindsets will be refocused on what God has in store. Until next time, this is Eric. 
with Radiant New Life. God bless. We thank you for joining Radiant New Life Ministries podcast this week. We hope you got something out of it. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, you can reach us at info at radiantnewlife.com. Again, that is info at radiantnewlife.com. If you'd like to partner with Radiant New Life Ministries, please go to our website, radiantnewlife.com. You can contact us there or visit the online giving and you can uh, set up a partnership that way also. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you for your love and we thank you for supporting this ministry. Have a wonderful week. God bless.